Okay. And we are live. All right. Let's What's up, man? Finally. Let's go. Finally. Yeah, I know. I know some technical difficulties and all that stuff, but um, this is the Strong Calm Podcast. Uh, thank you so much for joining, for listening in. My name is Aaron Dunn. Uh, strong Calm Podcast is about strong communication, strong community, community building, and strong company health. Uh, yeah, so that's what it's about. Butchered the intro. The thing about the Strong Calm podcast is that it sets me up for like strong communication, <laughs> and then it's like, wait, this guy just fumbled through. You the can't intro. mess up the intro. Yeah. yeah. I probably want to. Yeah, exactly. But the, 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 the whole point of it is, is, is that strong communication and strong community building build strong companies and i want to highlight local leaders who are doing just that and today we've got somebody uh that i think is a great example um brian hayes thank you thank you <laughs> there you go <laughs> so uh, the share the stream if you can if you're on facebook but if you're just listening on audio i uh, appreciate you tuning in so brian we got connected through a few mutual friends yeah definitely. and uh, Carlos and uh, he told me that we needed to have a chat. I was I was telling Aaron before before we get started too far into it. I love Carlos and he's the man. So Carlos, if you're out there listening, what's up, my man? Yeah. <laughs> do the do. The <coughs> oh yeah, the he trademarked sign. the peace sign. I don't care who sign. did the peace sign before it. Carlos is Carlos owns it. Now. Yeah, 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 for yeah. sure. But um, <laughs> so yeah, he told me to reach out to you. Be a good conversation to have, and um, you know. I've definitely heard of Patriot, you know, being around Tyler for a while. It's mm -hmm. been, you know, uh, I, I've been aware of Patriot uh, food delivery, but uh, personally, I haven't used it. I don't really use the platform very much. So uh -huh. um, I, I don't know. I, I, I've been looking forward to the conversation <laughs> because uh, I think that, you know, with what I'm trying to do is, you know, uh, uplift our local community yeah. and showcase the people that are doing innovative things in the community through communication and community building for sure and you know what brings people together more than food it's the best man yeah it's the best industry to be in i always tell everyone that because it's like everyone everybody's got to eat you got pretty much three meals a day you eat and so uh it's one of the best ways to just build relationships build rapport and uh you know there's a reason it's called whining and dining people it's because everyone dines you know yeah I mean, that's uh that's part of it and so it's a it's a fun uh fun industry to be in and man i've enjoyed it like we were talking about man i've enjoyed it a lot yeah so um i now this is our first like conversation to have <laughs> so uh you know i'm really interested in, in just getting to know you and i think you'll you know with anybody who tunes into this episode you know they'll bring to know you as well so i think For it's sure. going to be worthwhile to really just kind of start from the beginning, if you would, about, you know, uh, Patriot restaurant delivery uh, and, or Patriot food delivery. Did I get that wrong? Yeah, no, Patriot, Patriot it's Patriot restaurant delivery LLC, but our, our website's Patriot food delivery and it's the Patriot delivery app. And so, yeah, but yeah. I mean, if you Google it or anything, it, it all is going to come up somewhere. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, man. So how'd you get started in this? And then we'll get into like, we'll get into, the Ubers, the Grubhubs, the waiters, and all that. And then also, you know, some of the news that just came up because yeah. as somebody who's deep 
into the industry, you'll be able to kind of help people understand that. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, a lot of people might not even be aware. So um, how'd you get started with, with Patriot Food? And like- Yeah. So um, we got started, uh, the initial initial idea, man, we'd actually uh, gone to the Grand Canyon, a family trip, and we were coming back. This was, I guess, 2000, and uh, I guess this was been 2010 or so, somewhere right around there. Mm-hmm. And um, basically, my sister brought up, like, it'd be a good idea this time to have a business to where you could deliver convenience store items or grocery store items or restaurant items, whatever it may be. And um, I was kind of just getting into really getting into business and business ventures and all that. And so it was a few years later, we started up in 2013 and um, eventually I found a good business model, a good company um, and software company to, I mean, the technology is really what came along the most um, and which allowed local services to be able to do this type of thing. And so Mm -hmm. um, once I found the technology and really researched the business model, that's when um, we started up. I found a a good friend of mine now, shout out to Zach, Zach Wade. Uh, He, um, he helped me get going and, um, and uh, was a partner in the business for quite a while. He currently works for Cisco. So um, he had to uh, obviously it was a conflict of interest there, but um, he founded the company with me and um, man, we got going, I guess it was 2013 and we really got going strong about 2015 um, took it really slow. Um, so a lot of people don't know, a lot of people just care about the delivery side of our business. Um, and that's what the customer, the end customer receives, um, to the restaurant owners and to the restaurant managers. We do a lot of marketing, a lot of advertising, and, uh, we really promote their brand, give them their customer data and do a lot of things, um, which a lot of it's just a local aspect across industries. But, Mm -hmm. um, but for us and specifically to the restaurant delivery industry, um, we provide a lot more than delivery to the restaurant owners and managers, which allows them, in my opinion, to be more successful in the long run. Yeah. So uh, how old are you? I'm 30. Just turned 30 in February. Okay. So okay. See, I'm 29. I'm 29. So you got started when you were 23. Yeah. Back in 2010, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Or no, well, that's when I started looking into it. We yeah. actually opened the company 2013. Into and you're 23. So, so uh, I'm trying to think about when I was 23, I was, uh, you know, doing music production <laughs> and uh, man, I was just a young person that had no idea what he was doing and I still in some degree don't but at the same time definitely when I was 23 I wasn't thinking of like I'm gonna go start a food delivery service uh with software and technology um so how did that like how did you get into that like at a at at that age yeah because I mean you're still like 18's adulthood but yeah younger 20s you're still kind of like yeah i mean to be honest man i just um i'm one that just really it's not that i didn't you know take a risk at all it was definitely a risk but the good thing what intrigued me about the business is that one at the time there was no competition in tyler Mm -hmm. and that no one uh had started that company uh there was a company that come in right before us for a little while they didn't last too long but um, and there was a few that had tried it before, but like I said, the technology was really what uh, changed the game there. Mm-hmm. And so, um, 
And to be honest, it was just a, such a cheap cost of entry at the time. You know, um, I could put, you could use less than $10,000 to get your business going. Mm-hmm. And the potential, in my opinion, opinion the potential um, at the time and even still today is insane, you know. And uh, I think they estimate by 2020, it's going to grow d- double in sales, you know, even wow. more across the entire industry. And, and, um, and you know, there's the early the, the the early adopters, you know, the initial ones to get on it, and then their parents get on it, and then their grandparents get on it, you know. And yeah. so, um, and with that said, one of those things is we try to work with the elderly and and people that don't aren't technology savvy or they just don't care to use it. Mm-hmm. So we take call in orders so people can actually call us, unlike some of the uh, larger companies that's all app based, you know. And yeah. so um, we try to do add the personal touch to it and. Um, that's really that's really what we're all about is the local aspect. Yeah. So at the very beginning, it, it was just you, you saw it as a strong opportunity to be able to be, you know, first that, mover advantage. Yeah, and, and that, kind of thing. that was the main thing. And it was something it was my first real business venture. Mm-hmm. Um, and so th- that's a big play there is that I needed something with little competition. And so that I could <laughs> learn what marketing worked and, you know, and, and another thing in it is with us being, uh, more of a marketing company for these restaurants i needed to know exactly what uh outlets to go through so you know do physical table tents and and flyers do and yard signs do they work better than facebook and instagram you know mm-hmm. do billboards work do you know we do magazines work we we dabbled in a little bit of all the types of marketing and types of advertising we could do and so we really learned what converts customers the most what keeps them attracted to different brands and restaurants atmospheres and yeah um and driving those dining sales and getting getting them our belief is driving the dining sales as well uh not just driving people to our business but actually allowing people to go on our website or or go on our facebook page and see what's going on a live video from Mm -hmm. actually being in daniel boone's or being in bruno's and eating their pizza or whatever it may be yeah um we feel like those things bring a lot of value to the customers and it also brings a lot to the restaurants yeah you know yeah definitely so with so i'm i'm keeping this kind of back in the past a little bit because i I want to (laughs) kind of go slow and 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 take people through the journey of the business in a way as far as i can understand it because you know even two weeks ago i can't rightly remember everything that i, <laughs> that I did but much less a few years ago yeah, but for sure. you know during that time was so uber and not uber um uh waiter there's, gr- and, there's grubhub grubhub initially. was so okay what grubhub and quick story on grubhub and those guys they came in um, kind of a business model off of Just Eat, which is more the UK. Uh-huh. Um, they weren't in America. Grubhub kind of same came in with that. And that dude's a young guy too, man. Yeah. Like in his 20s or something crazy when he started up, 23, 24 or something, you know, that yeah. large company. And anyways, they just processed orders. So they would partner with delivery services like us or restaurants, process their orders. So you could order delivery, but they weren't actually doing the deliveries. And that's but they leverage, yeah. But they leverage that across local, local industry, you know, secondary, tertiary markets, along with primary markets like Dallas and Austin and stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, they were really the only; they were the biggest player in the game and the only real major player. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Uber obviously took advantage of their concept and business model and Mm -hmm. and developed Uber Eats. Mm -hmm. And um, and then along came. there's there's quite a few companies. Uh, there's one, a lot of them. Yeah, one that we learned, uh, not really learned, 
everything from like i said i'd researched a lot of the model but mm -hmm. uh we were on their their software platform initially mm -hmm. before we switched to our newest one and um they were he was doing software with doorstep delivery and mm -hmm. so um our business they're out of florida and man they were doing eighty thousand a week in dallas in 2012 i think it was or wow. something crazy from what i looked up i mean they were 20 million plus company back 2012 and 13 mm -hmm. and so they were way ahead of the game but um with that said those guys basically all merged and or started getting acquired uh so there was a company called bot squad that came in they weren't in texas luckily mm -hmm. and um then waiter started in louisiana funded by oh good old new orleans saints proud drew Brees, you know oh really and so yeah he was the okay leading, he was their leading investor i think like 13.2 million was their total round of funding and wow so they leveraged um a business model which was pay up front and um low cost to the restaurants initially and that's how they moved fast into all the markets um they did zero dollar minimums um they did they got a lot of restaurants fast because of the low cost overall to the restaurants and i know we'll speak on that more yeah. but um that's how waiter really came into east texas and spread mm -hmm. throughout louisiana yeah. and other states because i remember you know thinking back i remember patriot was here locally before everybody yeah. before the big guys but everybody was familiar of the concept because so much news comes out about the new technology definitely so they're definitely. you know all the modern apps and all that kind of stuff they're like oh this new stuff and then you know everybody's like man wish we had it here yeah. wish we had uber here wish we had these delivery you know services here meanwhile you're you're doing it yeah you're, and it was a whole lot of just educating so that was one good thing that waiter and doordash and all the big guys ended up they educated everyone exactly what it is. So now there's people in the small areas around, you know, uh, mm -hmm. or I say small, you know, Paris, Mount Pleasant, Sulphur Springs, Greenville, Nacogdoches, Lufkin, all right. those guys already know yeah. what it is. And so that's a big part of our plan is to get to those areas that the big guys aren't going to and, and don't care about as much as we do, obviously. And so we want to get to those areas and those people know about it now. But when we were initially going in, it was a whole lot of, hey, my name's Brian, restaurant delivery service. And they're like, oh, so you deliver groceries like Cisco or Benny Keith? And it's like, no, you know, no, we do. No. We're going to get opposite. your, yeah, yeah. <laughs> After you cook it. You know? <laughs> and so it was like a year or so just like letting people know, like, we actually deliver the food after it's cooked from more restaurants. You know, yeah. you don't have to just, just have Domino's or just have pizza anymore. You can have multiple options. Yeah. So the, um, I'm interested in like two different things at once. <laughs> the, um, so when you first started, yeah. Tell me about like, was it, it was just a lot of cold entries just yeah. walking in and saying, Hey, what's going on? Yeah, that was it. Uh, we just basically were going in, and, you know, it's kind of nerve wracking at first. Now I, I can go through it and I feel real confident in it, obviously. But mm -hmm. uh, when you first start, it's like one, it's your first business venture. You know, is anyone going to take you serious? And I feel like that's everybody across industries. You know, people yeah. just feel that way. And there's always that getting out of your comfort zone. And, um, and man, you just got to dive in. You know, that's what we ended up doing. Like I said, I took it pretty slow, which um, – with me specifically, I think was a good thing because like I said, we were able to see what type of marketing worked and really now we can really bring that value to the restaurants more than ever. Mm -hmm. um, but initially it was really 
a few restaurants, um, you know, shout out to Dickie's and Cork and Bruno's and some of those local guys like Breakers. And, uh, you know, I mean, all those guys really put their trust and faith in me to one, pay them, you know, every yeah. time we get paid, you know, cause it comes through our platform. Mm-hmm. So we have to pay the, pay the restaurant their money. And then two, um, just to, uh, represent their brand and can help, help their reputation. And so, um, those guys will never know, like, you know, how much that meant. And so now we've, we've grown it. We have, uh, over 40 restaurants closing in on 50 restaurants at the end of this week on our platform. And, um, we should have a hundred, you know, conservatively over a hundred by the end of the year with multiple new, new territories. So, yeah. So, um, you, you mentioned it a couple of times of like, you know, as you were entering the market and just figuring out you, you were, you had a job, right? Like this wasn't like, yes, a, yes. this is all I'm going to do, you know? <laughs> yeah. I you're, was you're... working at a manufacturing facility up until this year is when I actually left there and now we're, we're doing Patriot full time. So six and years later, you so, can now do it full time. Yes. Yes. And so that was, um, and that was part of, you know, the struggles, it's the golden handcuffs, man. So you got, Mm -hmm. you you got handcuffs on that you don't want to take off. And so that's what, uh, but once you take them off, you know, you're unleashed to the possibilities of your business or, Mm -hmm. or your podcast or your personal life, whatever it is, your sports life, whatever softball team, I don't know, you know, whatever it is you want to focus on. Um, if you really are committed to it and you really want to, to really, uh, in my opinion, someone told me, uh, part-time presence brings part-time profits. Mm. And so, um, I think it also brings part-time people, you know, there's a whole nother aspect to it on. It's hard to get someone to commit to your business, whether you're able to pay them a huge salary or a low salary. It's hard to get someone to fully commit to your business when you're not fully committed to your business. And so, um, there's a lot of learning curves along the way, but that was, a uh, that was one of them there is like, man, you, you hear people say it all the time, but especially when, if you have a legitimate business and it's a side, a, AKA side hustle quote, whatever, right. Um, man, just make it, make it your thing and go hard, especially as some of the, you know, main social media leaders say if twenties to thirties, it's like, man, I was a prime example on how you learn so much during that time. It's, that's the perfect time to do it and perfect time to risk it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And there's still like so much runway. Yeah. You know? Oh um, dude, it's crazy, man. I mean the <laughs> like yeah. technology. We're is young people. So crazy. Yeah. I mean, we're in the middle of the oil boom. Like that's where we're at. Like mm-hmm. people don't want to look at it, but we're in like there's the internet phase. Like we're already going through that. We're on the technology phase on what we're doing with the internet and mm-hmm. it's a whole different sector, a whole different industry that people I mean, when I graduated in 2014, I tell people this all the time. When I graduated college, I literally, if I got done with a test and wanted to Google a question to see if I got it right, like it was a few minutes later before I could ever see if I even got that question right. Or if I wanted to Google something in class, Mm -hmm. sitting in college, like, man, you couldn't even do it. That's five years ago, bro. You know, like that's not very long ago at all. And the game's changed now. I can Google like 10 things within a matter of a minute, literally, and have the answers to every one of them right there at my fingertips. Right. And so it's just, there's some app called Quizlet apparently to where you can just download the actual 
tests or some of their <laughs> quizzes like what you know like is college an actual thing like and people well that's a that's a whole nother crazy that's man. a whole nother so, podcast episode for yeah, sure right. in terms of like you know the value of college and stuff yeah. oh, um, goodness. but uh yeah but um, no comment <laughs> there's a lot of value don't get me wrong there's a lot of value but there's some things that man, yeah question well, well you're 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 like you said, a living example of if you just focus on what you're focused on, like if you focus properly <clears throat> on whatever you want to work on, you'll get where you want to go. For sure. You know what I mean? Like if it's a business, you you really put your heart and soul into making it work. Eventually, it'll pay off. Same with a college degree. You know, if you really want to make that thing uh, work for yeah. you, then you'll figure out a way to, to make it work. And let's and just be honest. There's, diff- there's definite benefits to uh the the college experience oh yeah what do businesses look at they look at the piece of paper because they know you're persistent enough to get through college yeah no like that's that's the reason it's Mm -hmm. not what you learned in college they teach you what their business is about yeah no they just want to see that you actually made it through because it's a hard thing to do exactly it's the discipline part it's really what the what what they're what they're what they're testing for yeah in a lot of ways that's a good way to put it but if you can showcase that with you know whatever other efforts that you've got, yep. you know, that's really what the value is, is, you know, getting people who are full-time committed, like you said, like yeah. instead of this part-time, uh, part-time kind of mindset. Yeah. Um, so the full-time mindset, even though it was a kind of questionable startup venture for you is really what has allowed you the success that you've got now in terms of a, a, a business that you can run full-time and mm-hmm. continue to grow. Um, and it's helped a lot of businesses uh, at the same time, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's that's really what a business is, is. It's servicing other people. Definitely. At the end of the day. Definitely. <laughs> so, uh, especially in food service. Um, oh, for sure. I'm, I'm interested in getting into uh, kind of the communication aspect of the podcast. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, the first calm that uh, we <laughs> talk about. Uh, so, you mentioned it a couple of times in that you're trying to figure out what marketing worked for your business. Is it yard signs? Is it billboards? Is it digital? So like, tell us about that kind of, yeah. tell me about the, the, the journey there. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, um, I think overall, especially, and it, and it changes every year, right? I mm-hmm. mean, um, I think that overall social media is the biggest pl- marketing player in the game, you know, mm-hmm. nowadays and old Zuckerberg, he's got it. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I mean, I think, uh, there's people moving to uh TikTok, and I think there's Vero and some other, sure. other apps now and social media platforms that I think will grow. But I just think, uh, overall social media, social media and digital marketing is really where it's at. Mm-hmm. And, um, there's still a big play in AdWords, especially unsaturated markets, you know, mm-hmm. where you can grow your, your SEO and your brand. But, um, and um and I guess we'll discuss that with the yeah, link right, story. Right. <laughs> but but yeah, I think um for branding, there's a lot of good things if you're willing to spend the money or you have the money to spend. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, like koozies and physical products and things like that with your logo on it. I think that's um a big play for especially for restaurants and food companies or anybody in that industry. But I think there's also um, like yard signs, you know, I hear about, it's a yard sign, but you hear about it all the time about how people see them all around town and mm-hmm. they saw them in front of the restaurant mm-hmm. and, um, uh, you know, and other companies put them in the, the windows of the restaurants, you know, they put them everywhere. And so, mm-hmm. uh, for branding, I think that's great 
for when people see the table tent in the restaurant and then they see the yard sign going down the road, mm-hmm. um, they at least recognize it. Um, I don't think that is what converts customers as much. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we're, we're really into is keeping the customers either converting to becoming a sale and actually experiencing the app for the first time, which I'll work on with you since you haven't. But, <laughs> but, uh, but no, I mean, getting, uh, getting people to experience it the first time. I think the stats in the industry are like, it's like 20, this is John Taver is the one I think I heard this from, okay. the big uh, bar rescue guy. Yeah, he's heard? awesome. Dude, he's amazing. Yeah, especially he, he gets a little crazy sometimes, but he knows yeah. what he's talking about. And I think it's like the first three times, you know, the percentages go up a little bit as far as being in a restaurant experiencing their atmosphere. But when you go back the fourth time, your odds of coming back and being a return customer shoot up to like 80% or something crazy. And so it's really for the restaurants, one of the things I push is getting them to experience their atmosphere because when then when they have had a long family outing or they just got back from vacation or they drank a few too many and don't want to drive down the road, then they're going to call their restaurant and they're going to be that much more accustomed to eating their food and experience because of their experiences with them or with the restaurant owners or staff in the past. And so um, I think the conversion side of it, digital Facebook and we're technology based. And so I think that having it right there, being able to click on it and see the restaurants menus and, and food, I think that's bigger on the marketing side of things for them mm-hmm. in certain instances. But I think for branding, um, having their logo scroll across our commercial on, on TV and those types of things. It's, it's really valuable for them and for us, you know, to show that we're partnered with local people. Like yeah. Them. So, so for you, do you, I guess you experience the same um, kind of tier of value. You're like, you know, digital is definitely the, the biggest thing for your business. Yeah. It, it's definitely the thing that converts the most or yeah for sure for what sure. have you but then but then you do still do kind of the brand awareness type stuff that's physically there yeah because it still works it's not that it's oh yeah you know oh, it's yeah. still still got strength you know <laughs> for because, sure because a lot of people would never heard of it if they didn't walk by it or what have you yeah yeah and i think um sorry my phone oh you're good ringing back here but i think uh that's a um one of the biggest one of the biggest plays i mean is to um have um it just depends on how much money you want to spend you know we were and well nobody want to spend any yeah I mean, if, you, <laughs> if you want to spend a little amount of money um on actual converting customers you know then that's that's where it's at is social media because you can get down to what like 30 cents a link click or three cents a link click you know in some cases or video views and stuff right but and so you can spend ten dollars and actually get a customer out of it you know while on Google AdWords, it's much less likely. And then even moving to, you know, a table tent, like that's not going to have somebody order right then. And they're already in the restaurant a lot of times when they see these. And so, yeah, um, it's just, um, it's just a completely different animal. It, I guess it's really dependent in my opinion, specifically for the restaurant industries on what, what they're looking for. If they're a new restaurant, they're looking to get brand recognition and for people to see them mm-hmm. then, and just to know who they are or just to have seen their logo, then yard signs work awesome. You know, yeah. put, them all, put them everywhere. You know I mean? Those yeah. things, people instantly start seeing your, your brand colors and your logo and they get that, you know, subconscious recognition that that's a restaurant or that that's mm-hmm. a business or whatever it is. Yeah. And so, um, but those things cost a lot more and you're not, 
going to be able to reuse them rarely you know yeah. the yard signs will get taken up or yeah you can't put them everywhere and that yeah kind of they get sun damaged yeah these but anything, things get thrown away or destroyed you know like those right. things they're gone they're physical things but they're gone after that first few uses you know yeah yeah but, the uh yeah there's still you know value I, I heard one time where like i i think it was in in the context of restaurants where uh some expert somewhere they were saying that the best marketing for a restaurant is a physical location. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is, that's, that's really the best investment, you know? I mean, it is, it is. I mean, that's, um, and what it looks like, you know, depends on what type of brand you're trying to create. You know, you see restaurants that are hole in the walls and, and, and have, sometimes that's the appeal. Yeah. And that's what people love about them. And so, um, like you said, it doesn't necessarily take a big space, but just having any space is, uh, is a big help and and it's crazy how the industry is moving now because it's getting to where that's not as important in big cities sometimes you know like so it's getting to where like in the dallas area and i think for example i think in las vegas there's a company doing it um a guy's literally just opening kitchens all it is is commercial kitchens mm -hmm. and there's no walk-in customers can't come in there and they list them on every which i mean in las vegas or los angeles wherever it's being done at there's like insane amount of delivery services mind you but yeah and they list that restaurant so they're they're ghost kitchens or virtual kitchens and they don't actually have a physical location where people can walk in and the people there's such it's such a saturated market and people order online so much that that is one of the best places to see your brands you know and so um while here in tyler i don't think that's necessarily the case it's good to have a storefront so <laughs> don't get me wrong but yeah. but the industry as a whole um you know the the larger cities in silicon valley and, and those different types of areas where those startups austin even where those startups are happening um you know they tend to cue what's going to move into the smaller markets as well. yeah that's so. really interesting i know that there is a uh, kitchen here there's a commercial kitchen yeah here food, food, yeah, works. food works. yeah cat's so, awesome yeah shout cat's, out to cat too yeah, if you cat, listen that's great <laughs> so um yeah i plan on talking to her here pretty soon uh about that but she'd um, be a good one to talk to man she's yeah 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 she's speaking of vegas i think she worked uh with a commercial or with a construction company as their head chef or something in Vegas oh, at one point. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. She's but, a really good person. You, you'd enjoy her on the podcast for sure. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Um, so if you're listening, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, um, uh, so the, um, but like the, we were talking about commercial kitchens and like, it's really the value of like marketing. Right. So, mm -hmm. so getting the return on the investment in how you communicate as a restaurant or as your business, mm -hmm. you're saying that digital is really, you know, the forefront, but it's what we're talking about is really be wherever the people are. Yeah. You know, exactly. that's, that's, that's the whole, that's the, I mean, that's marketing one-on-one, yep. right. Is marketing is being where people are at where's to get them attention. Yeah. Where's yep. their attention? Everybody's online. But, you know, this is kind of a segue into your business in a, in a real, like, user experience sense is that, you know, just recently, my wife and I were like, where do we go eat? And I don't have any of these apps on my phone. Yeah. None of them. Yeah. But my wife is like a foodie. She, yeah. She's got Yelp. You know, she's always sending me Yelp, uh, you know, links Yelp, uh, of, you know uh, and and i can't read them because that's a whole different I don't have podcast there, right right ranting about you yeah <laughs> but uh but like she's got and she's got some food delivery uh apps on on her phone too awesome but um she uh opened a food delivery app 
and found a restaurant. She's like, let's go here. Yeah. And we actually went there. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't get it delivered, but she discovered it on the app. That's awesome. So that's not necessarily social media, but it is a digital, it's, it's digital presence. Yes. So yes. it's really interesting how like, you know, of course you have to have the atmosphere that like John Taffer would say you need to have, you need to be mm -hmm. able to cultivate an atmosphere where people want to congregate and eat and feel comfortable yep. to bring their family and friends because food is a community center type yep. thing. But it's also important to create that atmosphere and environment and experience and somehow capture that and put it online. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. you know, you can do that in social media in a variety of ways. Um, you know, and you're, I'm, I'm like thinking in like 12 different ways uh, 12 <laughs> in terms of like, Hmm, maybe uh, I can like make a blog post about that <laughs> to help people out. And then, but, but also it, it's just interesting to me from a, from a user experience of how like, Oh, wait a minute, there's another value in yep. partnering with a business like yours in that it's that discoverability thing. Yep. So, um, talk talk about that a little bit yeah i mean on that note it's um and there's like the content one of the main things is like getting the content from the restaurants you know so getting that content to us to be able to distribute if they're not distributing it themselves or whatever it may be is that difficult depends it depends mm -hmm. on the restaurant um so some restaurant owners don't have iphones or don't want to take pictures or you know or they don't have you know, time or whatever it may be, you know, they're all structured differently. Mm -hmm. uh, but that is one of the biggest things. And so you, as you see Jim on Snapchat, um, add Patriot delivery, Snapchat. Yeah. Quick, quick plug there. Yeah. But no, uh, yeah. I mean, he does a lot of stuff of taking pictures at the restaurant, you know, and uh, recording their atmosphere a little bit, getting some shots of them cooking something in the kitchen mm -hmm. or whatever it may be. Um, but I think a great example of it, um, is the court, uh, cork food and drink here in Tyler. Mm -hmm. Um, they have, if you ever view their stories and watch, you know, they're real popular on, and on social media in general, but, mm -hmm. um, on Instagram, you know, I follow their stories all the time. And yeah, they've got great stuff. Yeah. They, I mean, they're t video and pick uh, them drinking the wine and talking about the flavor of it and then the different concepts and different food things they're trying, you know, they're yeah. wide open on what type of, and it's or, a lot primarily organic food. And so um, they have a little niche, I believe in Tyler and they really focus on those things, you know, the, and I'm not a big fan of it, but like the avocado toast, like how good it looks. Oh, man, don't you know, hate on the avocado toast, man. <laughs> it's just not me, man. It's just not me. All <laughs> my friends hate on me for not, not being about some avocado. Uh, but anyways, uh, I think they do, personally, I think they do a great job on the branding of their yeah. atmosphere and what it's like to come visit their restaurant and, yeah. and putting that, distributing it across the platform. Yeah, so, yeah, because um, because they, they really care and they see the value of, you know, where – consumers are most of the time yeah. and you know it, it gives people a hint of what they're going to experience when they get it regardless of if they're at the physical location or they get you know somebody like you exactly. patriot to deliver it whereas there are those mom and pop restaurants or startup business restaurants that uh or established restaurants yeah. even yeah that are like no we got we got it we don't care and they don't actually take um the time to invest much less money attention mm -hmm. in their mm -hmm. digital presence at all. Yep. And I think a lot of them lose that, you know, they, 
excuse me, they lose that. Um, and there's so many big companies I feel like that truly do care about their customers, mm -hmm. but it's not perceived that way because they don't have their local manager sending pictures of them and the staff and saying thank you to this or them when they go to the Rangers game to an event. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's what, especially our generation and the generation coming up and, and the heaviest users, the 24 to 34, the heaviest users of the technology right now, mm -hmm. that's a big deal to them is the community involvement and uh, treating your staff right. You know, like you see boycotts all the time where people, they treat their staff wrong. So all their customers just start boycotting them too, mm -hmm. just because they don't like how they treated the staff or one single customer when you don't even know the backstory, you know, it could be. Right. And so um, as much as it's risky in some ways for a business to do that, there's much more, I feel like positives on them seeing yeah. the local guys at the restaurants. And so even from the corporate level, they see that, they truly care. I mean, that's really about what the perception that you want to get across is that you truly care about this industry and about your business and about the customers that you're involved with. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's almost, that's the biggest play. Yeah. And it's a greater risk to not do it because yep. then once that happens and you haven't built a relationship with the in consumer <laughs> that's looking to have one with you, then yep. they're, you know, they're really quick to revolt on you. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas, you know, like Chick-fil-A, if they did something, you know, bad, you know, they, they burnt a People chicken biscuit them, or something yeah. like, yeah, they're going to be like, I like it that way, you know, yeah. like for, for whatever reason. I mean, people are up in arms about whatever you're getting bought out or, yeah. or, or what oh, have man. you. It's and, crazy. you know, like, but still people are going to go because they love it. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. but it's, it's, you know, you want to build that relationship and that goodwill with people. For sure. And, you know, there's a good way to do that. And um, it's through that digital means. It's 100%. building that relationship. Yeah. Um, and it can be done through uh, the social apps. So yeah, for sure. Strongest way to do that. Um, so kind of transitioning a little bit because we don't have all the time in the world. <laughs> um, so in... Let, let's let's dive into the fun stuff let's real quick. Go. Let's let's dive into the company. I'm going to skip community. We've kind of touched on that a couple times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's dive into the actual company, and I want to learn more about the industry itself, like the food delivery and stuff. So to kind of segue segue us into that, we've got uh, two articles that just came out, and that's what really inspired me to reach out to you mm -hmm. because I wanted um, to kind of highlight this and then get your take. Mm -hmm. So um, you have a group with. Uh, with Patriot Food Delivery, which is mm -hmm. ETX Foodies. Yeah. Or, isn't that what it's called? Yeah, East Texas Foodies. Yeah, East Texas Foodies. Yeah, yeah. East, East Texas Foodies is what it is. Uh, so you're, follow. You're, all, you're always highlighting different businesses there and uh, getting good photos. Like, there's good photos there that yeah. I never see anywhere else yeah. but from, from you. But um, you shared an article from Waiter. Uh, well, it, about Waiter, not from Waiter. Yes, so, probably. Yeah, so tell me about <laughs> tell, tell me about that. Like, yeah, I what, think the article what happened yeah the article you're referring to is something that um man it's just and honestly it's a trend across emerging industries or emerging markets you know is um you see people big companies they get funding or you know small companies at the time they get funding to become larger companies and to grow and gain market share mm -hmm. and they have a business model that isn't sustainable in the long run you know not that it's not sustainable. It's just the current model on the expansion model isn't necessarily a sustainable form without 
continued growth, which eventually stag- gets stagnant at some point. Mm-hmm. And so um, one of the things that waiters specifically in that article um, they did is um, so every uh, restaurant delivery service makes money. Uh, pretty much all of them make money off the restaurant some way, shape or form. And whether it's providing marketing and advertising and customer data and your, you know, your reputation and stuff such as us, that's how we, you know, partner with the restaurants. Um, but other, other services, uh, straight mark the menu up don't have any restaurant relationships or partnerships. Mm-hmm. They just mark the menus up a whole lot and charge the customers that money. And, which is good in some cases for, you know, but overall it's not the best tactics in my opinion. And mm-hmm. I don't think that's the best thing for strong communication and strong community, you know, yeah. and, and those types of things that we care about. Um, but um, it does help with expansion, you know? And so uh, what waiter did was they came in and they charged an upfront fee to the restaurant, but their margin or the percentage they had to pay on each delivery was very very small and so the restaurants got out of that upfront fee would be like a a monthly fee yes or no just an an upfront setup fee so that's something that most delivery services don't charge is initial setup fee Uh they you basically do that for free because you're making money um off of your relationship with the restaurant over time got it and so got it um, so they're saying you pay us now and mm-hmm. then you're gonna and you're gonna charge less over time and charge less over yep. time and then the restaurant owner's like oh that's that's good yeah that makes sense yeah and so on, over time it's a better investment exactly exactly and so on that note what it did so they did a few things man that really um was able to help them gain a lot of market share one they got the funding you know mm-hmm. but then two they expanded across with low margins for the restaurants or a lower cost for the restaurants with higher setup fees. Mm-hmm. And so they would go into a new market, get a lot of money up front from all the restaurant signups, mm-hmm. which would help sustain them in that market until, which was their next step in selling out to the owner of the Houston Rockets. You know, that's what ended up happening for them. And so they got to each one of those markets by using, in a way, the restaurant's money up front, you know, and then what they did and they basically said that we they'd stay at that at 10% or whatever that low percentage was and now recently so what happened was owner of Houston Rockets bought waiter and then he also bought purchased and acquired bot squad uh, bot squad was a profitable company they actually acquired doorstep delivery and i believe like 18 other smaller services like us and um then he got bought along with waiter by the owner of the Houston Rockets who owns Landry's Saltgrass Steakhouse. And those. Oh, so yeah, okay. another little connection there. Yeah. And so um, they, uh, he, he bought a real profitable company with good territories and area kind of in the uh, East, Northeast, Southeast area of the United States primarily. And then a company in our area mm-hmm. down here. And uh, that was great at expanding and, uh, they were great at creating the FOMO or the fear of missing out. And mm-hmm. that's what they did. So they came in, they got a lot of availability restaurants for the customers and they created, they did $0 minimums. So um, now, you know, we do $0 minimums. We leave the financials up to the restaurant. So their margin is up to them. And we have a lot of ways locally that we can combat that. Um, not to mention that we live here. We're, it was founded here and that we truly care, you know, this is our main market at the time and yeah. East Texas in general is really our 
future goals, you know, not all of America. And so we're able to really hyper focus on those things. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, so now they came in with that model and um, now they've raised all their prices up. And so if you're doing, um, you know, tens of thousands a month, then you get a lower percentage, which is still higher than what they initially had with a lot of restaurants. Mm -hmm. And if you're only doing a thousand or, for example, I'm not sure the exact numbers um, and don't want to put it out there. Mm-hmm. They, it's um, a higher percentage that you have to pay as a restaurant. And so those are the things that the restaurants had avoided was that low cost. That's what made waiters so attractive at first for the restaurant owners was that it was a low cost throughout the partnership. Mm-hmm. And uh, now that that's changed, um, there's not as much of an advantage for the restaurants to use them, you know? And so, mm-hmm. Um, they do do, they do bring a lot of sales in certain markets and, and they have the, um, a decent minimum, a little lower than ours, but it's, it's not a bad, um, um, average order. I mean, mm-hmm. um, and so, um, there's a lot of good things from it and, uh, there's a lot of negative things that have come from it too, you know? And so we have a lot of restaurant owners and, and managers reaching out to us right now. And, um, and more than anything, this is what. I had been saying was going to happen, you know, a company that's expanding like that and doing it that way has two choices. You either go out of business because you're not profitable and, you Mm -hmm. know, can't sustain that type of growth because eventually you get to areas that already are saturated, you know, they do have a lot of competition, but you either go out of business or you get bought. And once you get bought, which is what happened. And once you get bought, you in that case have your investors and your shareholders and a lot of other people that you have to make happy too, not just the restaurants. And so, um, I don't know the way they rolled it out. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out, man. I think they're going to, you know, business decision wise, I'm not going to say it was a bad business decision for them. I think the way they structured the rollout of it was very questionable, (laughs) you know, they did it across all their markets and at the same time, at the same time. Hey, guess what? Yeah. And so, I mean, even people in Lake Charles, which where they started in Louisiana, I mean, um, companies and founders that had 20 plus locations with them that were signed on at 5% are now going to have to pay three times that plus, you know, in certain cases to even stay on their platform, you know? And so in a way, the people that aren't as valuable, to a, a, a larger company like that, the small guys, for example, who are doing 500 in sales a month or something like that, mm-hmm. that just started up, they're having to pay a high margin, which hurts them even more. And so it really hurts some of the small local guys a lot more than even the larger guys because they are doing higher sales volume. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, um, <laughs> it's crazy how the industry's changing, man. It changes every month, you know? And yeah. So they all, everybody has different business models, but, um, um, we really focus on the local one and, and, um, waiters in the long run, probably, it probably made a good move to increase their profitability. Right. As a and there's going to be people too, that stay so. there. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. It, it's oh, not yeah. like it's, it's, you know, it, not bashing them in a, in a, in a, in a great way, but you know, to think that you're going to just, have this, you know, heavenly kind of relationship <laughs> with a business that, you know, needs to make money. Yeah. You know, it's not going to be sunshine and rainbows all the time. And, you know, people should understand that, you know, yeah. it's not always going to be, <laughs> you know, the, the greatest thing. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, with social media ads or, or, or better, better said with like uh, Google search ads, like yeah. they started cheap. Now they're expensive. Yep. <laughs> social media, it's cheaper. 
it's definitely cheaper and it can still be cheap. People ask me, they're like, how much is a Facebook ad? I'm like, how much you got? It depends. Yeah. It depends, you know? <laughs> it depends. And, um, but you know, you, you always, uh, it, the lesson here to me is that how important it is to really own mm-hmm. your connection to your customer. Yep. Because if you don't, and you're like, Oh man, I'm so glad waiters here, you know, to get us out on all the platform or, you know, to, to get more attention for uh-huh. us. And then all of a sudden they, you know, raise the toll for yeah. you. <laughs> it starts to really hurt. Yeah. How, how valuable is it? You know, that's, that's yeah, what the, that's exactly. what the restaurants that's the are question. asking themselves. And that's what in certain areas, like that other article you shared with me or Katie, I believe it was or mm-hmm. wherever that the customers and restaurants are blacking out their platform, you know, is to, basically show that they're as valuable to the restaurant delivery service or the RDS. They're as valuable to waiter as waiter is mm-hmm. to them. You know, I mm-hmm. mean, it's the, it's a mutual in what I call with our opportunity. When you partner with us, it's a true partnership opportunity. And that's whether it's treated like that by either side or not, that's what it is. You know, if you're not truly partnered with it, then you're not going to get as much success out of it as you'd like, you know? Yeah. So, so tell me about that. Like if I was a restaurant and I'm like, yeah, I want this true partnership opportunity. <laughs> uh, you know, what, what color that sounds that, good. Yeah. It? Yeah. Yeah. It sounds great. <laughs> color in those lines for me. Like, yeah. What? I mean, so one of the things like the few, uh, we have like three major differentiators, I guess I would say between uh-huh. us and the larger competition. Mm-hmm. Um, the, we allow the restaurants. Our biggest thing I believe is that we allow aside from being local and mm-hmm. community involved, et cetera. Um, the biggest thing is that we allow the customers to use their, their customer da- or the restaurants to use their customer data. And so if you have a hundred customers that order from you one month, and you want to send out a shout out and say thank you to them, we allow the restaurants to um, use, I mean, they're ordering from their restaurant, it's their customer. Mm-hmm. And so we allow them to um, uh, use that to send promotions to, or to say thank you to, and you know, in certain instances. And oh, so okay. um, we don't- So, so do, the, does, do the big guys do that? No, I, we're like one of the only ones I know of that allows them to, which is crazy to me because it's the restaurant's customers. You know, yes, they're your customer. They're ordering through your platform. And, and, in the, and in the long run, the big companies are worried about them converting more of those customers to come in and to come use takeout or to use their own delivery service, right. you know? And so um, to us, it's not as about that as much as it is the restaurant's success. And so if they need their customer data, as I mentioned, I, be, I feel and truly believe it's their customer data. And so they should be able to have access to that. That's awesome. And um, another thing and um, that we do differently is we provide a lot of marketing and advertising that pushes dine-in sales. And so it's not just delivery. It's not just takeout. Um, as I mentioned before, the atmosphere and the experience and getting to know the restaurant owners and managers, those things mean more to the customers um, than just getting some food delivered. Because like you said, as soon as you had a, have a bad experience, with a food delivery or something crazy come up, then all of a sudden the customers don't want to use your restaurant anymore. It's like for them to have um, and to be bought into your restaurant and the concept and your atmosphere and staff, that's what keeps customers coming back when something does crazy, crazy does go wrong, Mm -hmm. you know? And so that's what um, I think, I think that's easily um, another big advertising point. You see the, you see a lot of the larger competition doing a whole lot of, uh, Hey, order from us, order from us, order from us, get delivery. 
while we do, hey, go experience this downtown on the square, you know, get involved in your community, see Say Cheese that's downtown, you know, or go see uh, C. Rojos Mobile Cuisine. You know, they started with Food Works, as you mentioned. Mm -hmm. Uh, Go see them at at their location or Smoky Mike's at AutoZone. You know, let them know where those people are so they can go meet them and go see them. That way, if anything does, God forbid, happen to come up with their food or items missing, they at least they know that person individually in some cases and can call up that restaurant. You know I mean? It's, yeah. it's crazy the things that come up, but, and then the, the last thing is that we're always available, you know, so we have a live dispatcher. Um, we can automate everything on our dispatching to like 97 point something percent accuracy. I think from what the software's data showed some crazy numbers, but we don't automate everything. You know, we have a dispatcher that actually talks to you on the phone and will put in an order with special instructions. So um, we, and you know, for the most part, it's just the personalization and the localization of it. You know, we, we focus on those things. Yeah. And so, um, see, that's I, what, I've got this point that I've been um, trying to get out there. And uh, <laughs> so I'm going to totally take this opportunity do to it. do it. You know? <laughs> but but it, this is a case in point of it is that, you have to localize to optimize, Yeah. localize, optimize. And in a world where everything's getting broad, like everything's getting very, very broadcasted and everything's getting, you know, huge, yeah. you know what I mean? Mass communications. Yeah. The real specialness about something being communicated is that it's niche specific and localized. Definitely. And so like, I, you know, what I love about East Texas and why, you know, I do what I do and and try to uplift, you know, local leaders like yourself is that, you know, we local leaders have a certain, um, a certain magic combination Mm -hmm. that, uh, the Facebooks and the, and the big, you know, the big companies can't duplicate. Yeah, Yeah. And, and where you find success in business or a marketing message is when you're talking to that one person mm-hmm. and when you're actually engaging with that one person, mm-hmm. they can't duplicate that. Yep. You know, as much as they try to uh, really tailor the experience and make it really personalized. Mm-hmm. And there's certain companies that can personalize it in a way with yeah. an algorithm. There's, yeah. there's certain things that you can do to do Amazon, that. Amazon, you know, yeah, like Amazon rule. And, exactly. And algorithm. Exactly. So like crazy. that, you know, it can be done, but, there's that the, that really just makes the point. Mm-hmm. It, it just makes the point of like, that's really what matters. Yeah. It's like, Oh, you're paying attention to me. And the more robotic exactly, and right. algorithmic and all that kind of stuff that we do, the more localized personalized attention is going to make an impact. Yep. It's like, Oh wow. Like this isn't just an automated message that's, that's coming through or, it, it's not just somebody else taking my money or, or what have you. It's actually somebody that cares about me. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I just wanted to kind of highlight the fact that no, for sure. You, you really do uh, take the, you, you invest in a, in a way that you don't necessarily need to, you can do 97% of automated kind of customer calls and things mm-hmm. like that, but you do have somebody that you can talk to a real person. The most frustrating thing is that, you know, some of the big tech companies, it's like, Oh my God, I wish I could just call somebody and say hello and say, can you please fix this one thing? Because your, your tree isn't fixing it and your help desk isn't fixing it and all this stuff is awful. (laughs) So like, I, I, you know, I just want to commend you 
for investing in humanity yeah. <laughs> because uh you know where you who knows where we're going you it, know it helps it helps set you apart you know in any business i feel like you know that's that's one of the key things man is to uh and i and it's funny you mentioned that i think that one of the big plays we'll see here in the future and if you really think about it the the googles the apples the mm-hmm. amazons they're not in the delivery space. You know, Amazon just pulled out of Amazon restaurant, mm-hmm. which is, um, I think a great thing. Yeah. You're like, yes, <laughs> you, <laughs> you know, sleep better now. I mean, we're not dealing with, we weren't dealing with them specifically here, but, uh, I don't know if it's a great thing overall because that mean that could mean they have something else up their sleeve, you know? And I think sure. that those yeah, big, the big, big, big players like them. Um, I think there's a whole different play, for them in the future with mm-hmm. their technology, whether it's delivery robots and delivery cars, and mm-hmm. that's a whole different topic. You know, mm-hmm. Ford invested like five billion in delivery cars or something. And so there's there's all kinds of stuff happening across the industry and where whether it's involving the transportation or the technology side of it. But I think um those big guys are looking to one of the other big guys, you know, the grub hubs, the door dashes, the mm-hmm. waiters. Um, to see who can portray that local image and be uh, or expand as a local top company or at least be able to reason and meet with people on that level. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think the big dogs are probably looking for that somewhere, you know, and which company is going to make it through and which one, you know, is going to acquire all the other guys and have everybody come over under that same platform. You know, there's, there's something going on out there. And, 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 you know, just kind of in the trend of this conversation of, you know, the acquisition type thing, it's like the reason businesses are acquired is because they have the customer attention, Mm -hmm. right? They're Mm -hmm. like, Oh, well, they've got attention in this market. They got attention in this market. We're going to grab them and then uh, leverage that. Yeah. But more and more, everybody's attention is getting, you know, spread around everywhere and you only have so much trust in certain companies. Mm -hmm. So what I'm thinking is, is that this localized optimized message has to do with, it's not just about attention anymore. Mm -hmm. It's about trust. Yeah. And it's, it's going to come down to who do I trust the most Mm -hmm to serve me. Yep. Now, Amazon, I can trust Amazon because their customer service has proven to me yep. that they can do it. And they're yep. a huge company. And protect you, you know, who right, can right. serve and protect exactly. me from who, all the bad things you hear about with technology. Exactly. You know, like there's exactly. so many things out there that people are scared of. Who's got my, who's got my interest at yep. heart. Yep. So if I can partner with a waiter who, you know, they've got the attention of the market, but with the changes and all this stuff, I don't know who's at top and who's pulling the levers up there. Yeah. I don't really trust them. Yeah. Or with, with, you know, waiter, you know, I, you know, the turnover rate for delivery drivers might be really, really high. And I can't trust the guy's not going to like topple my cheesecake as he delivers yeah. it up my steps, yeah. you know, or something like that. Yeah. Whereas if you uh Patriot, you know, I know Brian, you know, he's, he, you know, he, he's open Tyler. I'm yeah. down in Lufkin wherever I'm yeah. at and I can probably call him on the phone or, yeah. you know, my, and my, he's going to be mad if your cheesecake got talked exactly. you know? yeah, like, yeah. Brian's going to be upset. Exactly. <laughs> so I can actually, you know, transmit a level, a greater level of trust with this company because he is in my, not just my proximity, but in like closer to 
how I think and believe exactly. in my locality yep. and, uh, and, and, and the way I think. Yeah. I think that's really where the magic is and what we're talking about in like, you know, the customer, you mm -hmm. know, just, just loving on the customer in that way. What do they value? You know, like what are, what are their values? You know, we're in the Bible belt of East Texas, you know, we are. And yeah. that's uh the, so with that said, the personal touch, you know, like, like you mentioned, you know, how frustrating it is. And I'm the same way. I try to get on Facebook try to call Facebook about ads. Like you can't, it's you so know, funny, like yeah. you can't call Facebook like, and, uh, and it just drives you crazy. And I don't know if it's just the East Texan thing, which I like to think in some cases it is, but overall as humans, you value that touch point, you know? And yeah. I would, I mean, can you imagine how many less complaints Facebook will get if they, you could just actually call someone, you know? Well, like, I, mean? I, like I understand that there's that separation. That, you know, I, know, but, I understand there's that separation because they've got billions of people yeah, across the planet. Yeah. Like it makes sense. Yeah. But like for these other companies that, you know, these service-based companies or any company has to have that localized touch mm -hmm. point in, in such a way yep. um, to be successful. Yep. And that's really just kind of the point that I want to make. I mean, Facebook can only do it to a certain degree because they're massive. Oh yeah, for sure. But, but for most business, like most people aren't Facebook, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. So you've got to have some kind of localized high touch uh, approach to what you're doing. If you really want to be successful and yep. then gain the trust of somebody. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's just kind of what 100%. I'm right. It's, it's <laughs> something I'm like working on and thinking about, and like like what I'm really passionate about is like how can somebody continue to develop that trust? Yeah, because yeah. over time, people are going to be more likely to people do business with people that they know, like, and trust. Yeah, yeah. and trust is the one that's really going to keep them. That's around. a key fact. You that's know, what's it's going to keep it's them. So around. funny you're talking about this, man. In another way, but on like the sales pitch way, from when I used to go to restaurants, and, yeah, and pitch. Oh, well, I still do, obviously. But right. when I used to go to these restaurants and pitch them on, hey, Patriot Delivery. You know, at the time we were the only service too, but we're going to bring you all these sales. We're going to do all sure. this marketing. It's like all they really cared about was if they trusted me or not. You know, and like I said, that's what I learned is that John at Dickies and John at Cork and and Jay out at Bruno's the guys felt like they could trust me and I was a genuine guy you know they didn't partner with me at least I hope that's what y'all felt you know but I feel like that's where the partnership really came from you know yeah. they're like yeah it's cool business it's this and this but if they didn't feel like they could trust me they wouldn't have ever done it you know and that's part of what you know, when I'm sitting there pitching to restaurants, we're going to bring you these sales and things. And that's where my sales pitch tightened up a lot. You know, like sure, yeah. I learned wh what are people, wh what do people like about what I'm saying? And I learned that they like that they, uh, they felt like I was a genuine local guy, you know, not that I was just going to make their business the best ever in the world, you know? And so there's, there was a, the trust factor, man like you just hit on is such an important piece, no matter where, whether it's the sales pitch or whether it's the customers, you know, the restaurants to us are our customers as well. And so mm -hmm. that all means something. And if you can't trust somebody, then you can't, you're not going to work with them, whether you're ordering from them or whether you're partnering with them, you know, whatever it is. But Exactly. And I think uh, Tyler in East Texas, I think as a whole, we're going to become a big hub for austin and it's i mean I i'm glad you just said that, that way anyway i'm know? glad you just said that because uh, i was like i lost my train of thought what, did I, what was i thinking but, but you <laughs> just brought me back around i think east texas is specifically uh and and uniquely qualified oh yeah to be trusted 
amongst the rest of the nation. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say it like big and strong, <laughs> like, you know yeah. what I mean? Because, well, because, I mean, we're one of the best economies and the best in the what? 16th largest economy in the world texas is you know yeah, well, and we're te- in east texas right <laughs> so it's like- well it's like well i think about how east texas is uniquely qualified because we're not um because we're so um uh separated mm-hmm. you know we're mm-hmm. all we're, it's such a rural type of region yeah there is no you know shining mountain on the hill like <laughs> dallas or austin yeah. or, or houston tyler's the closest thing you get but it, you know it's kind of you know yep. it's it, it's weird. We got two skyscrapers, and I'm using quote <laughs> fingers. You see what I'm saying? And and so, but but I think that with with that type of blend of of, of, of a rural area, yeah, and not as much um, big commerce and capital, mm-hmm. uh, you get this unique mix of people that value being trusted over value being known. Yep, and people like that more. Yep. So. I just think that you that East Texas is uniquely gifted in that certain mix that mm-hmm. people need, um, and I, I want to highlight that. You know what I mean? Oh, that's, for sure. That, that's I mean, what I want to highlight. Hundred percent. I, I read or listened to the study or something. It was like a study about um, people in Manhattan that live beside each other for twenty years, and then it was also a study in a rural area, like you know, out in the country, to where people live beside each other for twenty years. Mm-hmm. And there might have been a hundred of those people down a 10 mile road and they all knew each other and their names and their kids and their dogs names and right. their cows that they, how many cows they had out there and where yeah. their land was. But then they go to Manhattan who people literally live in an apartment complex across the door, across from them. And they didn't even know each other's names after living beside each other 20 years. And so those are, um, I think it's just start, such a stark contrast on the difference in not only perception, but also like sociology, sociological, mm-hmm. what we do is different when we're in big cities or when we're around huge groups of people mm-hmm. versus when we're around smaller groups of people, you know? And mm-hmm. um, I think those connections, those relationships are, you know, I think it's some type of just natural thing with humans in general. Um, but I think it's something that around here you have White House, Boiler, Chapel Hill, Gresham, and you hear the population doubles, over doubles in size during the business hours. Mm-hmm. Those are people that value that very much. So, you know, yeah. and then they come into this town, which is to everybody around here is a bigger town, you know, and then they come in here and they do their business and then they leave. But nothing changes on when they live out there on that rural county road out in White House or Chapel Hill or Troop. Mm-hmm. And when they come here, they still they have the same values. And so I think that is the big play in East Texas and not to mention the all connections from Kilgore and the sure. Austin connections with restaurants and how they tamper here in Tyler to see if the concept's going to work and mm-hmm. the different things that we have just in general. I mean, not to mention the word three and a half hours from Austin and two hours, less than two hours from Dallas and less than two hours from Shreveport. It's like, I mean, we're not only are we set up, geographically perfect you know <laughs> for for it's two huge or three huge towns you know sure. in houston what three hours austin i yeah. guess is four four and a four, half yeah. and houston's three and a half four whatever but i mean man it's in way everything's moving it's just it's going to be crazy to see the growth that tyler has but i think that the companies that base themselves here people that'll bring themselves here and truly have a physical location or office here in Tyler 
will be able to benefit and see the same benefits throughout Austin and Dallas and Shreveport because they're right down the road and you can be in those areas at any time and move your industry here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it just, yeah. it makes sense in the long run. Now there's also, you know, the big companies like Amazon, they have to look for what yeah. type of education is in there. You know, there's all right. grants who's giving them money, you know, there's all kind. but for small to medium sized companies and even large companies that are not the hundred billion dollar level, you know, yeah. then Tyler just makes a lot of sense because over the next 20 years, not only are we growing, but we're going to become a hub for those mm -hmm. larger cities around us, man. Definitely. 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 Um, on the concept of uh, kind of uh, on the concept of trust mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and we'll kind of go back to the, uh, the industry news too, <laughs> is that, um, you know, Grubhub broke consumer trust. And this is a really interesting way because yeah. uh, it comes to uh, digital media and what I'm into and oh, obviously what you're into as well. Yeah. I, when I saw this come across, I was like, whoa, no way. <laughs> you know, so the article reads, uh, I don't have the headline or whatever in front of me, but um, Grubhub was buying restaurant owners domains mm -hmm. or similar domains similar domains or back if, if they if they couldn't get the actual one they would get the the similar domain name build a mock-up website for their business drive traffic to that website so that you know the business could benefit yeah. <laughs> quote unquote but in the contract if they drive the business they get a higher commission whereas if you know yes. the business themselves just made an order they got a uh, grub i've got a lower commission yeah so there's twenty three thousand. i was like looking through the list Twenty three thousand <laughs> websites some of them are like it, it's like the exact same name of the restaurant with like the location yeah instead yeah. In, in the url so it and i mean obviously people are really mad about it yeah. because they should be it one lesson is you got to own your digital space <laughs> yeah. because somebody's going to freaking take it yep. and then charge you for it. But then I, I just thought that was so interesting. What's your, what, what do you yeah, think? I mean, and there's shady tactics or what's considered shady tactics all across the board. Yeah. And, and with, cause I mean, you know, in that larger space, they're just the saying, space. yeah, we market for our restaurant partners. Yeah. So what, what's going on there is, I mean, what a genius search engine optimization move. <laughs> That's what you're going for. So uh, you can see is why those companies and DoorDash and some of those guys who have those partnerships with Google and those, those things, um, why they trend so quickly is one of the top searches for food delivery in each city they go into, whether they're new or not, mm -hmm. um, which relevant, I mean, realistically it takes about a year to be become one of the top guys on the front page anyways. But, um, but yeah, so what they would do, for example, is um, say Bruno's here in Tyler, it would be Bruno's uh, com is their website and do, um, uh, Grubhub would come up and they would do uh, brunostyler.com and brunostylertexas.com mm -hmm. and they would link their website and their backlinks all to that and so um, what happens is most physical storefront restaurants don't have a lot of internet traffic aside from search engine and seeing where they're located yeah. or internet presence or yeah or internet presence matter. at all yeah for that matter I mean and so what happens is they would go to their website Grubhub's uh, website. Yeah, Grubhub's website when they want to order delivery. And then after a while, all these other backlinks that are to their website that are really linked 
should be linked to your restaurant or they're linked to their website. And so, as you mentioned, instead of a 10% commission because the customer came and picked it up themselves, they're earning a 25% commission because it came through their platform and they delivered it. And so that's another one of the things that another way of them driving a lot of sales to themselves while they don't drive sales to the, to the restaurants, their main customer, their main partner, you know, Mm -hmm. And so we can create standalone websites and stuff specifically for them. And we can do all those things that they were doing if we wanted to be shady. I mean, honestly, for that matter. Uh, But what we do is try to create standalone websites for the restaurant. So it's specifically for restaurants that don't have any type of internet presence or any domain or anything for them. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we buy it and we can create it for them. Oh, you do that? But we can. Yeah, we don't do it very often, you know, but we do for – restaurants that don't have a website at all and what it is it it links to our menu but it goes straight to our menu so there if we you tell somebody patriotfooddelivery.com or the patriot delivery app they can go on there and see all those other restaurants but if those restaurants want a standalone website that is for example it's like the best sushi tyler restaurant you know just to do something random yeah it could be the best tyler the best sushi tyler restaurant whatever.com and they can refer people to that like it's their website and then when they want to order delivery it it links to our menu yeah but the the value is especially specifically on on your business model is that you said that the restaurant kind of controls the pricing yeah oh yeah yeah so 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 with our with our it's not it's not you saying you know, you're not kind of going around like Grubhub exactly. did. Yeah. They're so still, they were, they they're were, still in control. And I'm, and I'm going to go ahead and venture right, out that you right. actually tell them yeah, that you built yeah. a website for them. <laughs> yeah. I saw where that was going. Yeah. You're exactly right. Yeah. We don't try to hide it from them. They're the way they were doing it. And in some cases, and I'm sure their defense is that they were doing it for those restaurants and their marketing, like you said. Yeah, and it's in the contract. But, so, but with them not knowing about it. But a lot of people didn't know. Yeah, yeah, there's a there's a whole different side to that, you know. And it's the same with, you know, um, competitors will order. We offer, you can do cash. You can pay cash on pickup and competitors would uh, do cash orders that aren't real. So it just goes to a random customer and they don't know anything about it. And then you're out the food got to pay the restaurant back you know it's just they do those things and um the like i said the service fee at the checkout menu instead of showing you the prices to begin with Mm -hmm. uh and not partnering with the restaurants there's all kinds of things those guys are doing and it's all in a fight to gain market share and what's funny about it is so many people think they're fighting for food delivery and all these restaurants. Like, no, they're fighting for delivery in general, man. They're wanting to do retail. They want to do groceries. They're wanting to fly the drones from each store location. You know, like they're fighting for the future. It just, it's just and like the customer it, data, you know. Like, I just got an image of like somebody carrying, like a drone carrying a Wendy's bag like across the and highway. It's literally <laughs> going to be happening, dude. Like, it's for real. Can you gonna, believe like, there's going to be a Wendy's delivery drone? I guarantee it, man. Like, it's it's by far much more possible than the delivery cars you know i mean because that makes get, more sense you get into a much you get into the moral obligations of delivery cars and delivery vehicles you know can you imagine there being a car for example just oh, one yeah. example on, you're driving with all your family and you know you're everyone in Mc, your family the mcdonald's minivan just yeah, yeah. smashes and it. it's is it gonna smash you or is it going to protect the driver of their vehicle that's in there to serve your food? You know, right. does, and so does it see, does it kill? <laughs> like, you know, if it's like, Hey, this is the decision you run yourself into a pole 
or you hit a van full of people, what decision does it make? And it's like, I don't think you can legislate and, or, or yeah. pr- have an algorithm make the right choice, you know, like, cause whoever's driving that van right. is going to say predict themselves. Yeah, that, that's lot, the, that's you the, know, and the initial decision you ha- it has to make some decision. And so I think right. in the big towns, there's going to be a lot of the delivery robots and the delivery cars, and they're going to have their own lanes. And this is just my, outlook on the future here but yeah i think that there's going to be their own lanes and that's, downtown that's areas too, yeah. that and i don't think so dude i think next 10 years less than next 10 years there's going to be the robots for sure software's company working with a company at a, or a, a college in florida on developing a robot as we speak you know but for real yeah you're yeah. gonna get a little patriot robot yeah, well, walking around our software company is working on that for all the delivery services oh, okay. that operate on their platform and so they they provide Dude, specific awesome. software for delivery service yeah but that we'd be able to rent them and that's what ford got into so that you could rent their delivery yeah. vehicle i saw their so. commercial or the, with like the fist bump did you see that i don't know <laughs> ford made a crazy commercial it was like a concept of like they have a uh, a delivery van comes up to a uh, delivery van comes to a house and then out the back, the Ford like opens up the hatch uh-huh. and then the robot like gets and like, <laughs> it like, Oh yeah. Stands yeah, yeah, up, yeah. 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 And then it like, it like delivers the package. Yeah. And then like at the end of the video, it has the robot and the human like fist bump. <laughs> yeah, I like, they just made that for the meme, <laughs> but it was hilarious. Yeah. But, oh, dude. Yeah, mean, it could come. Yeah, it's I can crazy see that what they've gotten, dude, what they can do with the artificial intelligence and everything that they're using. And, I mean, uh, like, those robots can just run balanced and stuff, you know. Like, oh, I know. Folds up in the back of the vehicle. They got some crazy stuff they're working on. But yeah, The Boston Dynamics stuff is I just, like, whoa. Oh, yeah, right. Oh, man. That's crazy stuff, dude. Yeah. And I'll tell you something to look up. A Day Made of Glass by Corning Glass Company. Okay. I'll, I'll send you that link. Whole different topic completely. Okay. Nothing food related at all. all aside right. from maybe they can like turn their glass into an oven, you know. But it's crazy the stuff they're able to do with like nanotechnology and everything. Crazy. But anyways, um, I think the drones, back on that, I think the drones is much, and this is just me, not everybody agrees with that, but I think drones is much more plausible for delivery than in the futuristic world than cars is it makes a lot of sense and just because Because like hey it's way easier to program yeah give us where to deliver it give us the space we can fly or the amount of feet we can fly at that airplanes aren't going to fly at and regulate it you know that's the thing right now is that they want the regulations you know like it's better to have Yeah. once the regulation comes it's going to be insane just let them do it you know and they just i mean a few weeks back a few months back they they they're like FAA loosened up and is allowing a bunch of that stuff. You know, it's just like there's particulars about it that people are going to have to abide to because it is crazy that what you could do with them, you know, mm-hmm. negatively. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I just don't see, especially in the big cities, dude, it's going to happen, man. It's going to be like Jetsons before too long, dude. There's a company called iFood in Brazil doing like 17 million orders a day, dude. Like it's, Wow. An insane amount. And uh, there's companies in China doing 20 million orders a day. And this is like three to five million in actual deliveries and the rest are takeout processes, sales, you know, but still insane amount of numbers. And these guys have um, all kinds of stuff that they're working on from like central locations um, on their like apartments where they can just put the food in and it keeps it warm until the person gets out or or at businesses till the person gets out of their meeting and can get it, Mm -hmm. you know, from that to delivery robots. And I mean, 
their uh, their whole concept is to um, you know basically break the system and make it new. You know, like mm-hmm. and that's like the, I guess the big vision of all the people who want to be Uber, you know, yeah. or whatever. But um, but man, it's just the industry is really. It's like I said, it changes every month, every year. Literally, it's such a new industry, man. And it's uh, what 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 are the restaurants going to get the most out of it? You know, that's what it comes down to. Because without the restaurants, the industry's not possible. You know, I mean, it's that simple. And so the restaurants as a whole have to leverage themselves and decide what's going to be best for them. You know, and what's going to be best for their market and their territory. And that's really where we're at right now you know, as far as the, the restaurants and the space in general is what are they going to do to make it best for them? Mm-hmm. Because that's what they got to focus on. You know, there's the, the access is there, the availability to delivery and different services are there, technologies. And they, they just all have to focus on which one's going to be the one their go-to, you know, what's, who's their preferred partner. Who's the one they, they know is not going to hurt their reputation, you know? Yeah. And, and keep bringing them customers, et cetera. So, yeah. Awesome, man. Well, it's been a good conversation, man. It's I appreciate great. <laughs> it. I appreciate it. It's, it's been fun, man. It's good to get, Dude, get to know you. Definitely, uh, thanks for coming on the strong calm podcast. I'm going to download the app. The app is downloaded. He's going to make his first order tonight. I'm gonna even, make, if yeah. I, even if I have to pay for it. You know, no, no, no worries. No worries. I'll get it ordered. <laughs> Download uh, Patriot Food Delivery. Is that what it's called? Yeah, the Patriot Delivery app. Or Patriot you can go Delivery app. To uh, PatriotFoodDelivery.com. Awesome. So, awesome. And, and yeah, follow ETX Foodies. That's more than just Tyler. All across East Texas, we have um, different food, different restaurants. We're posting and sharing all the time. And so we love for everyone, specifically restaurants, to get involved in that. Share your food, share your meals. Awesome. Have a good night, man. Thank y'all for listening. Thank and you. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Strong calm. Strong calm. <laughs> it was a good time, man.